the subject, and I won't preach long at all today, um, but it's simply this. Does God heal today? Does God heal today? That's the question we're going to answer. Amen. Does God heal today? Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, and uh, if you've got it uh, for the reading of God's Word, I'd love for you to stand. Uh, we welcome you if you're new here. Uh, man, we're so glad you're here. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And uh, if you can turn to version. Uh, how many of you operate their phones on version? version is fantastic. You can take notes. You can save it at the end. You can always go back to it. So I encourage you to do that. And uh, so here we go. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, everywhere, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. So he's speaking forth the word of God. And watch what happens. And healing every kind of disease. Is there any excluded? Does every kind mean every kind? Okay, watch this. In the Greek, I want to teach you something about Greek. Here we go. You ready? The word every in Greek means every. Every kind of disease. And watch this. And every, poke your neighbor and say, now you know some Greek. Every kind of sickness. Is there anything excluded? Did Jesus heal everything? He did it among the people. Why does he do it? Because he loves sick people. Let me just say that again. Why does God still heal today? Because he still, he loves sick people. God's going to heal some people today. And it's not going to be because of us or some great anointing or gifting about us. It's going to be because Jesus loves sick people. And he paid the price for you and I to be healed. So if you will, bow your heads and, and get ready to receive. You're going to be blessed today by some of these testimonies. And, and, and you're, I believe the healing balm of Gilead is here. You're going to get some healing today. So would you bow your heads and let's pray. Father, thank you so much for everything you've done. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your glory that is here. I thank you that mountains are still being moved. I thank you that bondages are still being loosed. I thank you, Father, that healing still reigns. Uh, a supreme in this house, Father God, and in the kingdom of God. We believe your word. God, I pray you would anoint each and every speaker, and I pray you anoint every testimony. I pray you anoint all of us, Father God, to, to receive what you have for us today, God. Every testimony to hear the, the word of, of what you've done. Lord, I pray, Father God, that faith would rise in us to believe for our own miracles. Because, Jesus, you healed every disease and every kind of sickness. And I thank you that nothing was excluded and nothing is too hard for you. So, God, we ask you to move in a mighty way now, God. And we bless you and I pray, Father, your anointing be upon us to speak forth the word in power and in, and in deed, not in word and tongue only, God. And let this seed fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, hold your Bibles up and let's boldly declare, Father, today. This week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth 
of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. High five two or three people and say you're getting healed today. Come right on down here. Stand right here in the middle so everybody can see you smiling. And God has done. Daryl here is a, is a walking miracle. Let me just introduce, let you introduce yourself. What's your name? Make sure you hold the mics up so everybody can hear you. What's your name? Daryl Reese. Pam Reese. Amen. She and came with me to help. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We all need help. Yes. I need lots of it. Most people get a wife. I get wife, kids, a whole church. They help keep me straight. So, <laughs> amen. So, Daryl and Pam, tell us, tell us what happened. What, what, uh, what happened to you, and how did this all start? On Sunday morning, March eighth, we were getting ready for church of 2015. We were. I was feeling fine. Pam said, "I'm gonna go get a shower." I was sitting there drinking coffee and talking to my brother-in-law. And all of a sudden, I started shivering. So I told Pam, I said, I'm going to lay down while you take a shower, then I'll take a shower. Well, I got in the bed, and I was shaking like this. The whole bed was shaking. She got out of the shower and said, what's the matter with you? I said, I don't know. The whole bed was shaking. I was freezing. She put, like, 10 covers on me, tried to, tried to get um, me warm. I couldn't get warm. I said, something's wrong. So they rushed me to the hospital, good Sam. And they said, they told them, said, you're lucky you got him here. His organs were all shutting down. And I had, I had no idea. That Friday, I worked 10 hours at my job. And I was feeling fine. I'm not an emotional guy, so if you know me, you know, you know I'm not emotional. <laughs> Didn't used to be, anyway. Uh, so anyway, they diagnosed me with septus initially. I was in ICU, and they walked in the ICU, and they told Pam and them, said, you haven't gotten in here. We had about three hours to live. All your organs were shutting down. That's the first time God saved me. Yeah. So I, I So they the doctor said you had three hours to live. Right, right. Wow. Said my yeah, said he had three hours, that his organs were shutting down and had we have not got in there that he went and, and at that time they didn't know if he would make it or not then. I mean wow. they didn't know if the organs would all start back, if the kidneys they didn't know if the kidneys would start up again or not. It took a while for them to kick back in, but yeah. So while I was in ICU, doctor comes in and says, do you know you have NASH? And I knew what that was, non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver, because my sister had a liver transplant. So I knew what it was, and I said, no, I didn't know I had it. I said, well, we found it during your workup and your blood work. It's okay. They said, when you get out of here, we're going to send you to the University of Cincinnati. Well, so I get out of the hospital, had a couple more bouts with septus. I had to go. University got to know me by first name basis because I was in the emergency room so much. And all those times with septus, I was close to dying. So I went to the University of Cincinnati, talked to their liver center, and they said, we're, we're going to take care of you. We're going to accept you. But they said, you're not a candidate right now for a liver transplant. Said, you need a liver transplant. If you don't have the liver transplant, you're going to die. And uh, I said, wow. I said, well, what do I have to do? Lose weight. They told me I had to lose 100 pounds in six months. I said, I'm a dead man. I said, I can't do that. You know, I said, I can't lose 100 pounds in six months. And so they said, well, we have options, you know, bariatric surgery. I did the bariatric surgery. And Today. 
Today's been three years today. Sorry. I had the bariatric surgery. I lost 100 pounds within six months. So they said, okay, you're a candidate. Well, I kept having these episodes with septus and stuff, you know, infections and stuff. And uh, a lot of this I can't remember. That's what she's reminding me of it. Um, anyway, I kept having these, well, and kept going through it. And, and they wouldn't put me on the list. My doctors wanted them to. My liver doctor didn't want to. He said, you're not sick enough. So, okay, <laughs> I'm not sick enough, you know. So, and, and not one time did I ever get afraid. <laughs> I was never anxious. I was never scared because I had a peace that Amen. if I didn't make it, I was going to heaven. And I even told Pam that if I, before I went to surgery. I said, if I don't make it. I saw see you at the pearly gates, and she was saying, don't say that, don't say that. You know, I said, that's what we have hope in, you know. But anyway, I got on the list November 17th of 2017, and they told me, you may be on here for six months, you may be on here for a year. December 27th, two days after Christmas, I got the call of that same year. Six weeks later. Six weeks later. It wasn't six months, wasn't two years, but I was, I was close to dying at that time. You, you see me, I, I was coming to church, and I looked bad. Lost down to 212 pounds, and for me, that's pretty skinny. You know, I was 355 at one time. Anyway, so I went went to the, they called me to the prior hospital. Prior to that. Oh, okay, yeah. Let me back <laughs> up a little bit. That. I got to tell you about this, everybody this here praying for me. Yeah. Sister sister uh, Pat and Ethel Pat. King, they, they call, come over and anoint me during church and stuff, and they prayed a lot. A lot of people here, Brother Daniels, he called me all the time. He was an encouragement to me. <laughs> but anyway, we were in, we decided to go to a wedding. Before all, I got the call and everything, I got ahead of myself. We were in San Antonio, Texas, and Holly's been saying, Holly's been saying for a long time, God's got your back. God's got your back. Here, I've been noticing recently. We went to a wedding outside of Texas. The doctor told me I could travel. We go to a wedding. After the wedding and everything, they all wanted to go down to San Antonio. So we went down, Wendy and all the kids were with us in Rock. Went down to San Antonio. We rode, you know, river walk and stuff, make a long story short. They wanted to go to the Alamo. We'd been to the Alamo, and I didn't feel like walking. So we sat out in the out in the uh, foyer, in the courtyard there. Hundreds of people, thousands of people probably out there. We were sitting there under the shade. Here come this man walking. This is true. It's a true story. <laughs> man walking down, stands in the middle of all these people, had a nice suit on, had a bishop's collar, you know, and he says, I've got a word for somebody today. And his statement in the morning, that when he did it, when he held it up, he said, I don't know why I'm here. I told my wife and daughter this morning, God told me in prayer, I need to go to the Alamo and give a word. He said, I don't know why, but I'm here given this word because I'm obeying God. And he didn't, didn't yell. I mean, he was just, it was very calm, very assuring. Very he, audible. Yeah, he just, he gave a, a, a real short message. Yeah. Real short message, you know, about God loving us. And, 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 and he, he kneels down on his Bible and prays. And so we prayed with him. Prayed you the know. sinner's prayer for everybody. Yeah, prayed the sinner's prayer for everybody. He gets up. This is. And he's standing like this, and he turns like this, and Pam and I are sitting over here underneath the tree, and he walks over, and he says, I know why God sent me here today. 
he sent me here, and I've never fought this man before. I was in Texas. He said, he sent me here today to tell you he knows what you're going through, and he's got your back. And, uh, and I just, we were just bawling. We were just bawling. And when Ollie says that, it always touches me that he's got your back. He has our backs, you know. And no matter what we're going through, you know, I went through a terrible time. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm doing good. But in the midst of all this, they found out I had an aneurysm my aorta. So they're watching that. But I'm doing good. I'm still here. And I'm 17 months post-transplant. You know, uh, I still had to be weary of infections and stuff. But still here. God's got God's my got back. back. Yes. Amen. And what did... Um, Amen, yeah, it's incredible. It's a walking miracle. Three hours. I can remember visiting him at the hospital and uh, the rehabilitation centers, and he was very, very, very sick. And uh, what did the doctor, you told me recently, what did the doctor say to you recently about when he's going to see you again? <laughs> he said, he said, I'll... He said, you're, I feel like your liver's in a happy place. And he said, I'll see you in six months. Hey, man. I was going every month, every week, you know. He said, I'll see you in six months. I'm on two, every two months blood work, you know, and it's going to get better than that. They've cut my medicine down. I'm gaining weight, unfortunately. <laughs> but I'm gaining weight. Uh, but, yeah, and, and my one doctor said, you must have a, because I've never been emotional. He said, you must have a a female Italian's liver because I'm craving spaghetti all the time, and I never like spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> so there may be some truth to that. You know, I'm emotional, and I'm, I'm eating spaghetti a lot, so, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Let's give it up for what the Lord has done, yeah. Daryl and, and Pam's life. Amen. We want to, uh, I, I would like to uh, pray with you before you're, before you're um, uh, seated, and we're just going to stretch our hands forth, and I'm going to, Preach for just a little bit, and we got more testimony. But if uh, if you give me that oil, I wanna I wanna just anoint them. Would you stretch forth your hands? Is that all right? I, I love it. Aren't we supposed to pray for folks and and anoint with oil? We're gonna believe God that the next time He goes to the doctor, He just says, "Well, I don't probably need to see you again unless you have a problem." Amen. Can we do that? Let's just pray. Father, I thank you so much for what you've done with Daryl. God, all the things that they have said, and yet he stands here with a smile on his face, healed. God, I thank you, Father God. For 17 months, this liver has worked great, and it's going to work great for many, many, many more years. We bless him, Father God, to be totally healed, Father God. I pray that you protect him from any and all infection. I pray, God, that he's able to keep his weight off. I pray in Jesus' name you bless the aorta to function properly. And, God, we declare him healed and made whole. Bless him and Pam continue to encourage them and build their faith. We bless them in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the courage, the encouragement that they give us, Father God. We thank you, Father God, as I lay my hands upon his body now. We declare him totally healed and made whole. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. One more time, can we give God praise and glory for what he's done? Amen, amen. There are people that have been taught and are taught that divine healing uh, was restricted to the ministry of Jesus and the apostles. There's a teaching out there now that just says, well, you know, the miracles went away with Jesus and the disciples. And 
we're no longer privileged to have divine intervention in our human sicknesses. However, it's never indicated anywhere in the scriptures or throughout history from the time of Christ till today that healing and miracles have ceased. Nowhere is it written in the Bible. Nowhere is it written in history that there haven't been miracles and signs and wonders and uh, divine intervention from God where, where doctors just say uh, the only thing they can say it's a miracle. Amen. Daryl's a miracle. Amen. There's more miracles you're going to hear about in the few weeks to come. And that leads me to my first point. I, I'll be very brief today. God still heals today. Amen. Many people, because of prejudice or bias, would like to deny the healing power of Jesus for our day. Uh, perhaps, perhaps it was through disappointment that it didn't happen for them or it didn't happen for a loved one that they know. But it's awfully hard to deny some of the miracles from Daryl and Pam and some of the other miracles that you're going to hear today in the next couple of weeks. It's kind of like the lame man who was healed at the gate beautiful. The people just simply couldn't believe that God gave this man a miracle. Acts chapter 4 verse 14 through 16 says, Seeing the man who had been healed, he had been healed. Standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. I love it when doctors scratch their heads and say, I can't explain it. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another. Watch, this is the leading Pharisees of the time, the people who didn't believe Jesus in healing. Verse uh, 16 goes on to say, or verse 15, the rest of it, if you'll switch slides. It says, I was investigating, or excuse me, we're missing verse 16. All right, well, they began to confer with one another. And basically in verse 16, they said, we cannot deny what God has done. We don't have an answer, basically, for what has happened here. I love it when God does stuff that we don't have answers for. And he still does that. Amen? I, I want you to believe that. Healing is not a new dimension in Christianity or a latest fad. It's a renewal of one of the greatest provisions of Jesus, and that is healing. It's a return of faith to faith in the Bible. It's a belief in the Word of God yet again. From the days of Jesus to the present day, God has manifested himself in signs, wonders, and miracles. And he still does it today. In fact, divine healing has never been lost to, to Christianity. In every century since Jesus, even through the dark ages up till now, there are documented healings and miracles. As a matter of fact, Emily Gardner Neal, a newspaper reporter, did research on divine healing, which resulted in a book titled, A Reporter Finds God. This is what she said, if you'll look up on the screen. I was investigating to disprove a premise. I now investigate to prove. <laughs> Miraculous healings reminiscent of the New Testament are occurring in the churches of every denomination all over the United States. They are the result of a revival of one of the church's oldest and most dynamic ministries. The healing of sick bodies as well as sick souls. The ministry of the early church, though never wholly lost, has been mislaid for many centuries and is being rediscovered today with thrilling results. In her book, she gave a number of documented healings as seen through the eyes of a skeptic which caused her to believe. Amazing. 
So the question is, has God changed? And that leads me to point number two, and that is simply this. God has not changed. Poke your neighbor and say, God has not changed. Okay. Is it really that difficult to believe that the same guy who reached down and got a pile of dirt and formed it into a man and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils can heal that same body? Is it really that far-fetched to believe? Exodus 15, 26 says this. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. I have a question. Has the nature of God changed through the years? Here's another question. Is God now less powerful than he was when the children of Israel walked in the wilderness? Has he lost power? Has he changed his nature? Psalm 105, 37 says this. He also brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among his tribes. Was he more powerful in the Old Testament than now? No, of course not. The same God who did these miraculous things for the people of the Old Testament and the New Testament and through the centuries is here today to do them now. Do you believe this? Well, you know, God changes. No, he's the same today. Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Okay, well, that's Old Testament. Show me New Testament. I'm glad you asked. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the... Does he change? God has not altered his word. It remains for this day. Here's a statement I want you to ponder on. Are you ready? It's natural for God to be supernatural. I'm going to say it again. It's natural for God to be supernatural. Now, we know God doesn't wake up, so I, I, but I want to make the statement as, as if he does. He doesn't go to sleep. He's not, you know, Elijah mocked the gods of Baal and so oh, they're probably sleeping. It's a funny por portion of Scripture in 1 Kings 18, but let's just pretend God wakes up. God doesn't wake up, and we know he doesn't wake but he doesn't wake up and say, hmm, I, I've got to muster up to be supernatural today. I've got to try to work myself into giving miracles today. No, if God were to wake up, he just wakes up supernatural. It's his nature. Healing and miracles, he does them because it's who he is. He can't help himself. He just shows up and they happen. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? When you have something... One of the things you need to pay attention to, when you have, I've heard people say, oh, but I've seen the counterfeit. Oh, I've seen the counterfeit. With, every, with everything, with, how do I want to say this? When you have something as wonderful as healing, you're bound to have counterfeits. Okay, listen to this statement. Uh, Don't allow those who abuse and misuse the miraculous gift from God to keep you from receiving your miracle. The fact that someone wants to counterfeit something means that what they're counterfeiting is incredibly valuable. People don't counterfeit $1 bills. It's not worth their time and energy and money. People only counterfeit what's truly valuable. So when people try to counterfeit and abuse the real true gift of God, it's because the real true gift of God is legitimate and real, and it's very valuable. 
and it's for you and I today. Somebody shout amen. It leads me to my last point, and that is this. Jesus' ministry emphasized healing. Jesus placed a big emphasis on, on, on the ministry of healing. Quite a bit of the Gospels, is all of, is a, a lot of it is about Jesus' healing. In fact, I've, I've seen numbers as high as two-thirds of the Gospels is really surrounded around healing. That's incredible. You saw Matthew 4.23. This was at the beginning of his ministry. He, everywhere he went, he healed every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. What you may not know is that, listen, there's another question I hear from people. Well, I'm sick. You know, God's punishing me. No, 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 no. God never punishes you. Yes, he does. I get out of line. He corrects me. He might correct you. But Jesus took the punishment on the cross for you. Well, God gave me this sickness. No, he doesn't. God has never given anybody sickness. Sickness is oppression from the devil. It is not from God. I've heard people say before, well, I, you know, glory to God, I got this sickness. It just keeps me humble. No, don't give God praise for your sickness. That's from the devil. Watch this, Acts 10.38. Are you ready? Check this out. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Power, there's dunamis. It's the God type of power. From where we get our, our word dynamo. Watch this. Jesus went around doing good. And watch this. Healing all who were what? By who? Sickness is from the devil. Sickness and disease is from the devil. Jesus went about healing those who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Well, guess what? How many of you... Profess to be a Christian and have Jesus living in your life and in your heart. Raise your hand up. Guess what? That means everywhere you go, Jesus goes through you. So we ought to be laying hands on people. Delivering them from the oppression of the devil and healing the sick. Is this scripture? See, there are at least 41 recorded miracles in the gospels of Jesus healing people. So that's 41, that's pretty good. But that doesn't touch the bucket. Look here, John 21, 25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, catch this scripture, please. I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Jesus did so many miracles and healings. The Bible says, without exaggeration, you couldn't fill the whole world up with all the books. Wow. So the question then becomes, did Christ intend that healing should end with his earthly ministry. No. Luke 9, 1 through 2. Then he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons. And to what? Cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Listen, after Jesus was resurrected, Simon Peter shadow healed people. Paul sent handkerchiefs out, handkerchiefs out that healed people. Paul laid hands on people and they were healed. Philip was translated from one city to another in the book of Acts. A, a, a true rapture of the church really is, is a picture of it. The absence of divine healing in some church and Christian circles does not illegitimize real healing today. It is not an indictment to say just because it doesn't happen in some churches and some, uh, some Christian circles that, oh, it must not be for today. That's not the truth. Some lack faith. Some lack understanding. 
Some have tried to believe and it didn't happen. So now they falsely believe that, well, miracles must not be for today. They try to reason it away. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says this, though. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers. Then what? Then what? Then miracles, then gifts of healing. That's New Testament. God placed miracles and gifts of healing in this house. Of helping, of guidance, of different kind of tongues. They are gifts for us today and they are here. Someone shout amen. amen. Well, if God has said healings in the church, then we as Christians have the authority and the right to be healed. It's ours. Don't let the devil steal it from you. Don't let him tell you well, that's for somebody else, not you. Don't let him tell you, well, those miracles have gone away. Uh-uh. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo, stick your head in doo-doo. You're a liar, devil. I want my miracle. I'm telling you what. We need some people today like Caleb who at 85 said, give me my mountain. Yeah. I mean, we need some people to stand up today and say, I want my healing. It's mine. John 14, 12 says this, Very truly I tell you, Jesus speaking, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. James 5, 15 through 16, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise him up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for one and each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. When we call for prayer here in just a little bit, we're going to ask you to stand if you want healing. And we're going to come by and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord, according to James 5.14. It says, in the prayer of faith will save the sick. We're going to believe God. We're going to believe God has not changed and will honor His word. Can we do that? There's no termination of Jesus' miracle working power. As a matter of fact, not only has it not stopped, it is intensified now couple more scriptures and then we've got a couple more wonderful testimonies. Mark 16, 17 through 18, Jesus speaking. He said, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They'll pick up serpents. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Is this the Bible? Acts 3.16, my favorite healing scripture in the whole Bible. Through faith in the name of Jesus, whew, this man was healed. Wow. And you know how crippled he was before. <laughs> I love it. Faith in Jesus' name healed him before your very eyes. Wow. The Cain family will come. Everybody say, wow. Look at that scripture again. Let me read it as they're coming. Leave it back up for just a second. It says, through faith in the name of who? Through faith in the name of Jesus. Was Jesus present at the time? He was spiritually, but was he physically? No. He just had someone who believed his word to help. And you know how crippled he was. In other words, you've seen it with your own eyes. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Praise God. If y'all will just kind of come in towards the center here. Uh, tell everybody what your names. Go, Jake. I'm Jake Kane. I'm Selma Kane. And I'm Dale Kane. Amen. What a good looking family right here, huh? 
Maybe we should just sing. Yeah. On three. Uh. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> so uh, so they've, they've got a couple of testimonies they're going to share with you. We'll start with you, Jake. Jake, tell yeah. us what happened and how old you were and what was what was going on. Sure. Uh, so this was back. I, I played uh, sports when I was a little kid. So when I was about eight or nine years old, uh, I'd been playing, you know, baseball, football. And this was in the late 80s. Uh, you know, so now kids grow up playing flag football when you're young, because now we know about concussions and stuff, yeah. right? But back then, it was a little different. These were back in the good old days. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> back when, I was looking at Sonny, back when men were men, you know, <laughs> pot was something you cooked in, crack was a defect in your sidewalk, <laughs> and a concussion was just getting your bell rung. So we were five years old out there, button heads, and nobody knew any different. Uh, so you, that's just how you grew up, you know, playing football. And so I was, I was pretty tough as a kid, and despite what my wife would tell you today, you know, I could get a man cold now and be in bed for three days. But back then, I was tough because we grew up in a, in a shake-it-off family. That's right. Anybody else like that? You yeah. know, ah, I got hit with a pitch. It's okay. Shake it off. Ah, I got hit by a car. It's okay. Shake it off. <laughs> you know, you get back up, you get in the game. And so I was playing sports year-round. And so at this point, I was um, started having problems with my back when I was you know, eight or nine years old, uh, playing football in Delhi and uh, just wouldn't, you know, and so I, I had had enough of a re reputation about being a pretty tough kid that after a few weeks, you know, I started sitting out and couldn't play, and it's just one of those things that just wasn't going away and uh, lingering back pain with no real, we didn't know why. And so uh, that ultimately led me to, to sitting out of football during the season a little bit and, and kind of got us going to uh, go see some specialists and, and stuff like that. Okay. So <clears throat> he did. He, he was tough, and he never missed, and he would complain about his back hurting just sitting around the house. And so we knew that it was a big deal. So to make a long story short, we ended up with an, ortho with an orthopedic doctor. And uh, he came out. He took x-rays. And we explained that, you know, it's unusual for this to linger. So let's get some x-rays. And he came back in to see us. And he said, uh, oh, boy. He said, you got a problem. And uh, he said, won't be any more football. I said, you mean he's going to miss the rest of the year? He said, no, sir. He said, you misunderstood. He said, he'll never play football. He said, he's got scoliosis of the spine. He said, I want to show you this picture. And he showed us a picture, and he showed this big, huge curve in his spine. And he said, by the time he gets to be in high school, the only way he'll be able to function, he'll be in a full body cast or brace in order for him to be able to function, to be able to go to school or to do anything. So he's done playing sports from now on. He was eight. And uh, we just told him, said, hey, man, we're going to, Okay, we accepted what the doctor said, but we told Jacob we're going to pray. And we're going to pray and we're going to believe God and see what God does. And uh, so we were fortunate. Our kids were in a Christian school, and they were getting ready to start class one day. And the teacher says, anybody have anything you want to pray about? And just, uh, just nonchalant, Jake said, uh, pray for my back today. And they did. And when he came home from school, mom said, hey, how was school today? It was Okay. Well, anything good happened? God healed my back today. <laughs> and it was just like that. It was just like that. And the incredible part of it, if I could back up just a step, the incredible part of it, we didn't realize God was taking us on a journey. I signed him up, and he started playing football when he was five. And so by his, in my infinite wisdom, I thought it is no big deal to make a commitment to play football during church. You know, God will understand, and so I spent the next two years reasoning that out with God, that God, dude, we're only missing Wednesday. You know, it's only an hour. 
And God began to deal with me about our priorities. And so getting ready to go into his third year at the ripe old age of seven. <laughs> I knew that I had to do something. God was eating me up. And God basically said to me, you know the truth. You decide. So I went to the coaches and I said, hey, I said, uh, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm supposed to be taking my family to church on Wednesday. And I know I haven't done it for the last two years. I've been wrong. And I said, I can't keep doing this anymore. I'm asking you not to hold against to my son my decision, but we won't be able to be here on Wednesdays anymore. And I said, I just wanted to let you know if there's something we can do to make up time, we will. And they said, well, we'll get back to you. I said, okay. So the next day we came to practice, and at the end of practice, they get all the parents and kids around and making announcements, what's going on. They said, hey, we need to announce a change beginning next week. We're not practicing on Wednesdays anymore. We're moving practice to Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and we're not going to practice. And he just looked at me and winked. And that's how God answered. Just He just needed me to obey. I had no idea that God was setting us up for what was down the road. God sees the end when he sees the beginning. But I had a lady come to me, and she said, hey, another a mother, she said, uh, of one of the players, she said, I understand you went and talked to the coaches and got him to change practice. So I didn't know where we were going with that discussion. I said, well, I, I talked to the coaches. I didn't tell them to change practice. She said, I came to thank you. She said, I've not been able to go to church as a family for three years. And I didn't have courage to do what you did. And I, I said, I didn't have courage either. I was a coward. She said, no. She said, but because of what you did <clears throat> Wednesday for the first time in three years, we're going to church as a family. Amen. God cares about the details of our life. And if you think that's not crazy, the next year, the year that he got hurt, we were getting ready to play for the fourth year. And we went and got our uniforms and all that stuff said, hey, we got an announcement. Delhi Athletic Association changed policy. There would be no football teams and there would be no cheerleading or anything that goes on on Wednesday. All of the schedule for the whole athletic association has now been changed. And that went for years. I don't know what they're doing today, but I know somebody 10 years later that it was still in effect and they didn't have to make that decision. God just needs us to obey. Amen. Do the right thing. And why was it a big deal? Because here's the deal. 28 years ago, when all that happened, <laughs> God knew that today he would have three boys. Eight, seven, and five. And God wanted us as a Cain family to set our priorities way back then. Because he had a miracle. And he did a miracle in his body. And I'll let him tell you about the crazy stuff that he did the rest of his life. He played football in high school on a 13-man team and never left the field. Played for years. Yeah, we were awesome. Uh, <laughs> we were like everybody's homecoming game, you know, 49 to nothing. But, hey, I never left the field. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, I played uh, football up through high school. And it was funny. I... The stuff that they tell, we were talking about this a little bit and reminiscing before this week. It's funny from the perspective of I was eight at the time, which my oldest son is now. How does nor uh, normal all that seem? You know, I could see now where if I was a parent and heard that about my own eight-year-old, I'd be freaking out. But when you're eight, it's like, eh, okay. You know, you don't know what these words mean. And I, you know, I don't remember. I kind of remember that with the prayer at school when I knew that. But that stuff was just normal, you know, with, with the way that um uh, we grew up, you know, because I was at church all the time, you know, Sunday, Wednesday, and then 
mom's doing funerals, you know, so I'm handing out food to families, and, you know, dad's doing the sounds on there for every special event, and then we're praying at school, so it was like, to me, it was no big deal, you know, like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, and so I remember that, and uh, that's that was just normal how we grew up, and so, I, you know, I'm thankful for that environment, because I did have, you know, the Bible talks about childlike faith, and, uh, you know, I definitely had that, but um, nobody had to, I don't know, it was just because of how I grew up, you know, that that was expected. Um, but, yeah, I grew up and, and played in all the sports and played through high school and uh, never had another problem, you know. And, uh, hey, when I was in college, we played a 101-hour softball game and set a world record. And we were on ESPN two times. That's that's the highlight of my sports career. But I went on, and I was no special athlete, but I know uh, one thing. I never had back pain again. I yes. never had a problem. And, Amen. Uh, you know, I was just blessed to be able to do it. I really was. From a diagnosis that said... By the time you're in high school, you'll have to have a cast to even function in life. To now, going through all the high school playing, all the things you've heard, and he's got no back problem. Nothing. Does God still heal today? Yes, he does. Amen. When he came through the door that day uh, from school, um, I probably didn't have the reaction I probably should have had, I guess. I don't know. I just thought about it and looked back. Like you said, we've been reminiscing. But when he came in and said, God healed my back today, I was like, oh, wonderful you know and just went on and finished cooking you know but I let me just go back because I was raised in a household of faith also and my mother had more faith than anybody I ever have known and I remember being a small child I was 10 years old and I kept having pains in my stomach they took me to the doctor diagnosed me with some bad ulcers and told my parents she's going to have to take this awful medicine you know and we came home that day, I remember standing in that kitchen on Park Avenue, and my dad laying hands on me, and God healed me instantly that day. I never took another, I never took any medicine at all, and God healed me that day. And then I go back, I think about, all, we've just been talking all week about God's healing power, just in our family alone, but I remember when my daughter was just a baby, she was 18 months old, and she could talk, it seemed like, from the womb. And um, she had developed a limp. And um, so we took her to the, the orthopedic guy, and he said, yeah, he said, she's got one leg shorter than the other. She's going to need these uh, orthotic shoes probably for the rest of her life, I guess. And um, that night, she was just 18 months old, but she, she said, Mommy, let's pray for God to heal my legs. My small childlike faith and I said sure baby so we sat there and prayed on her bed and went to bed and got up the next day and <laughs> she came out of that room running she wasn't limping anymore Never. during that time I don't know if God instantly did it right then because we had the lights down and I didn't see her but she was tucked into bed and she got up and she never limped again. We threw the orthopedic shoes away that we had bought, you know, that we couldn't afford at that time. We were newly married and threw all that away. But what I'm here to tell you, God is faithful. Yes. And, and God, God didn't stop doing miracles back then. He still does miracles yes. today. We celebrated yes. last Sunday on Mother's Day, 20 years since my, I had my head on collision. And God perform miracles on this arm it may be scarred up and it may look ugly but God reminded me 
Those scars are beautiful to me, yes. and they're they're a constant reminder of yes. what God did. Yes. The doctors, I was in a I was in a splint. I was in a cast for months, but then I was in a splint and couldn't use my arm for six months, yes. and the bone was not going back together. And we were in a revival with Joe Bill Muncy was our pastor, and the guy's name was Steve Pegram. Steve Pegram. And I don't remember this because I was I was really slain in the spirit that day. And I got slain in the spirit that day. But Dale said that he prayed over me and he declared my healing. Yes, he, did. He, he didn't know anything about me, but he knew that God was going to heal me. I got up from that night. I went back to the doctor. And God had performed a miracle that yes. night. He took those bones and he just shoved them all back together how he does. What I thought was going to be impossible, God knew. <laughs> and we're just so reminded. This has just been an awesome week of reminders of what yes. God, I could just go on and on and on, and I can't. But God has just been so faithful. And I was sitting here this morning in, at prayer time when we have prayer at 9, and God told, spoke to me because I was, the devil was kind of beating me up a little bit about the, all this today, and you know, he does that, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He's so ornery. And uh, I was sitting there, and I was thinking, you know, God, we've been praying for 19 years for a grandson who has autism. And God said, the miracle is in my grace. My grace that's carried you through those 19 years to show you how to treat him and what to do for him and how to live in front of him. And I just just thought, wow, that's so simple, God. So if you're going through something today, you think, man, where is God? Why hasn't he answered my prayer? Well, maybe he is answering your prayer. Maybe he is. Maybe it's that miracle of grace yes. that's carrying you through. And you think, how can I make it one more day? How can I do this one more day? I, I can't do this. But God's grace is sufficient for you today. Amen. He wants you to hear that. I don't know who that's for. Amen. But if you're carrying scars, I, I mean inside or outside like I am. Sister Athel, you're carrying a scar. But it proves God's healing in your life. Every time you look in the mirror and you see that scar, you're reminded of God's perfect yeah. grace and his sufficiency for your life, his healing touch in your life. And I, I just stand here amazed. I got a call this week. We've been praying for my cousin. We got together a couple months ago, me and my couple cousins, and I just felt a real need. We need to get together and pray over each other because they were dealing. They had sent one cousin home to die from heart uh, condition. They couldn't do anything else for her. And then my other cousin was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. And I got a, I talked to Ruthie this week, and she said that she's feeling better than ever, and she should be dead. And then my cousin Nancy called me, and she said, you know, I went back to look at my scans, and everything is clear. There's no sign of cancer anywhere. So we thank God for that. 
when we prayed that day, I just felt an urgency to declare God's word. Because in his word, he says, he sent the word and it healed them. Yes. And we prayed the word that day. Yes. The word is powerful. Yes. <laughs> it's powerful. And it can heal. It can help you through difficult situations. You feel like you just can't even make it through. How am I going to do this, God? But with God. Amen. But with God, he'll give you the grace to withstand anything. He said he wouldn't give you anything that you weren't able to bear. He would help you with that. And I, we, we just focus on that today. I just, I'm so, I'm so grateful today. Like I said, I could go on and on about God's healing power in my, just me. You know, I'm a pitiful mess. But God, God just straightens me up and helps me. And you just got to stay in the word. Stay in the word. Amen. Pastor, do you regret handing those microphones no, now? No, not or? at all. Okay. No, not at all. Are you Just kidding checking. me? That was awesome. Let's give it up for what times. God has done with the Kane family. Wow.